0: Thank God for the word. All right, let's begin here in Exodus 2. Um, Let's review just for a moment. Um, What a great story of Moses. Talk about, I mean, it's just so awesome to see. I, I mean, Moses would have thought he's just an average, ordinary kid. And, you know, how many times do you and I just think of ourselves as average? But you don't know what could change your life tomorrow. What could happen? The person you could get introduced to. A person you could run into who would change your life forever. You might think you're average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill Joe or Jane Doe. But you are special. And God has a special plan for you. Let's go ahead and back up. Start with chapter 2, verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi... And took a wife of a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch. And put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags or in the reeds by the river's bank. And, and his sister this is uh, his sister is Miriam, stood afar off to know that what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. Now, do you think it was an accident that Pharaoh's sister happened to be down there? Get over it. There are no accidents in life. Sometimes we think that there's just an accident or, or just happened to happen or, or all this kind of stuff. Man, there is a plan and a purpose. God Almighty knows what he's doing. Now, not everything is according to his perfect will. But there are things that when God sees them coming, he then gets involved And things will happen and turn and twist so that it can happen for what he wants to have happen. See, that's what Romans 8.28 is talking about. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who are the called, who love God, who are the called according to his plan. And the verse before that talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why praying in the Spirit is so important. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you give God authority to move in your life and move in someone else's life. Your prayers are being answered. He had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Verse 7, then said his sister... Now notice compassion. You should probably underline that. Because compassion... Comes from God. Compassion comes from the Spirit of God. Can God give a heathen compassion? Oh, yeah. You ever had favor on your job, just out of the blue, or favor at school or somewhere else, and it just came out of nowhere, and you know this person ain't living like a Christian? Well, who do you think gave you that favor? God gave you that favor. Do you remember Jesus when he healed the sick? Why did he heal the sick? He was moved with compassion. That's a way the Spirit of God will move. So the Spirit of God moves on, on these folks, and, and they get the Hebrew, they, they get Moses. Verse 7. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew? Now now check this favor out. Watch what happens here. Um. And the maid, uh, let me back up, verse seven. Uh, his sister of Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to the nurse of the Hebrew women? So back then, and even sometimes today, uh, mothers who have been nursing, they will not only nurse their child, but they can also nurse other children. As a matter of fact, there is a large organization that collect mothers' milk, breast milk from mothers, and they uh, they bag it, they freeze it, and they send it to Africa. To, to young children and especially like children uh, that have AIDS and other type of diseases because mother's milk contains inside of it so many immunities that it will actually, that milk will immunize a child for six months from all viruses and diseases. Isn't that amazing? So they're looking for, for a woman to nurse this baby that Pharaoh's sister gets. Verse 8 and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. So Moses' own mother was the one that was allowed to nurse him. Talk about God. That's a miracle. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me. And I will give. Now, Now the mother, she gets actually paid to breastfeed her own child. Talk about supernatural provision. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And you know Pharaoh didn't pay cheap. Are you all with me? And the child grew and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. You know what Moses means? It means drawn out. And she said, because I drew him out of the water. You could almost call yourself Moses. Because you are someone who God has drawn out to fulfill his purpose in your life. Praise God. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown and he left out of his brethren and took of their burdens. That he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he took this Way And that looked this way and looked that way And when he saw that there was no man He killed the Egyptian And hid him in the sand And when he went out of the second day Behold two men of the Hebrews strove together And he said to him that did the wrong Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow In other words Why'd you kill one of your own Egyptians And he said Who made you a prince and a judge over us Do you intend to kill me that thou, as thou killed the Egyptian and Moses feared and said surely this thing is known so what was happening Moses finds out that he's a Hebrew He's raised an Egyptian finally there's a day where, where it becomes so big inside of him that he is an, a Hebrew and he wants to now protect other Hebrews protect other Hebrews protect other Hebrews what kind of calling does that sound like? A shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Protects the sheep. Well, what is a pastor? A pastor is a shepherd. Well, what was Moses being raised up to do? Moses became a pastor over three million people. Do you realize that? He was called to be a pastor over all of those people. But right now, that call becomes big inside of him. Even from his youth, there's that direction, that calling on the inside. Are you listening to me? I I don't know if I told you last week or not, but recently there was a woman who was asking my wife and I for counsel. And she was saying, she's a young woman, 22 or 23, and she was saying that she, she wants to know what God has called her to do. Would I please pray for her? And she said she's been to these seminars and she's been through layperson's class and she's been through personality counseling and all of this. And she said, every one of them says that I'm very gifted in administration, but I don't know what I'm called to do. So I told her what to do and pray and seek the Lord and so on and so forth. And then I said, well, did you ever consider that maybe God's called you to administration? Because everything is pointing toward it, and on the inside, that's what she enjoys doing. See, sometimes exactly what you're supposed to do is so much closer than you realize. But sometimes we're looking out for something spectacular. But understand that God is not in the spectacular. God is in the miraculous. Amen. Go to uh, Ecclesiastes for a moment. Chapter Three. It's right after Proverbs. We're coming back to Exodus. If you have one of these little things, you could stick this in Exodus. Go to Ecclesiastes, and look at verse eleven. He or God hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also, He hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Did y'all find Ecclesiastes three eleven? So notice here, this word world actually means eternity. He hath set eternity in the heart of man. He hath set your plan, and his plan, and his purpose for your life inside your heart. So that it's not a man that can show you, but it's God that has to show you. Are you getting this now? See, a man can help exhort you to hear from God. A man can help exhort you by giving you the word. Isn't that what I'm doing today? But I can't spell out God's plan for your life because only God can show you. Amen? That's why when we read in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the plan that I have for you. Then verse 12 says, and when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find it. So you have to seek God to find it. But again, and just like I told this young lady, I said it doesn't have to take very long. And I gave you all my testimony last week when I, when I got before God and I said, Lord, I'm sick of screwing around. What do you want me to do? And I got serious with God and I set out to, to fast and pray for three days. But in the first six hours of seeking the Lord, he clearly spoke to me. He said, go to Word of Faith, go to the Bible Training Center. And I knew that I knew that I knew. Guess where I was three days later? At Word of Faith. First person to have my application into the Bible Training Center that year. Amen. Amen. Why? Because I was done screwing around. I'm going to now do what God wants me to do, period, end of story. Why? Because everything else is empty. Everything else is vain. And it's not worth doing nothing but serving the Lord. And then what happened in my life as I became obedient. Blessing after blessing after blessing. After blessing, I celebrated six years of marriage yesterday. Amen. Amen. I got a beautiful five-year-old and a beautiful two-year-old, and God has been good to John Ward. Amen. Amen. And I know he's getting gooder and gooder. And you know what? And you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. God is not a respecter of persons. He's not going to bless one person more than another because of whatever reason. God's a respecter of those who are his children, and they believe in him. Praise God. Go to uh, Acts 17. I see I'm not going to get too far today, but I believe that we're going to get what we need. Isn't that what we prayed for? This was supposed to be a one-day message. It's turning into a five-part series. Acts 1726. Bishop, Bishop used to say, he'd hear, he'd hear preachers tell him, you know, well, I only got a 20-minute sermon. And Bishop say, he'd say, he's out. And if y'all know Bishop, he'd say, I don't know how any preacher can ha- cannot have more than 20 minutes stuff, 20 minutes of word to speak. Because you get the Word in you, and you got the Holy Ghost, and He'll take you in so many different directions. I mean, God can drop in you a 30-minute sermon in just about a half a second. Bam! Glory to God. I've had times where I've come out with notes and never even got to any of it. Hallelujah! Why? Because you're not supposed to minister out of here. You're supposed to minister out of here. Amen. Acts 17, verse 26. And he, or God, hath made of one blood. Who's that one blood? Well, actually Adam. Because God made Adam, and he placed him in the garden that God had made. Remember that? He hath made of one blood all nations, or ethnos, which is ethnic groups. Do you have the Weymouth translation there? W-E-Y, Weymouth? No? He hath made of one blood all ethnic groups of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now notice this. This is really important. And hath determined the times before appointed and The bounds or boundaries of their individual habitation or their residence. How many have have never seen this verse before? Put your hand up. Come on, I just want to see. Half of you. Let's read it again. And hath made of one blood all ethnic groups. What does that mean? Every color, race, race creed, and tongue, every ethnic group, of men to dwell on all the earth, and God determined and preset the time, what year they should be born, what month they should be born, what city they should... God determined... Jessica is going to be born at this time, in this place, of these parents, in this region, with these neighbors. This will be her teacher. These will be the people that will come into her life. This was what's going to happen. Before appointed, We read it last week in Ephesians. Let's look at it again real quick. Hold your place in Acts. Go to Ephesians 1 real quick. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Faith cometh by, and hearing by. That's why you got to put the word in front of your eyes, put it in your ears, put it in your mouth. Acts one uh, Ephesians one five, having predestinated us. What did God do? Predestinated you. What does that mean? He thought about you before you were even a sperm or an egg, before your parents even thought about, before they were even in puberty. God thought about you. He already planned you. He already knew about you. He already saw what color hair you were going to have. He already saw how much hair you were going to lose by the time you turned 28. Come on. He saw everything and knew everything about you. He knows what he's doing. And what he is doing is good. It's good, good. Triple O, good. Unto the adoption of children, this word adoption means placing of a son. He placed you as a son. Son is neither male nor female. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his purpose. Purpose. God does everything on purpose. Nothing is by accident. Say, Say nothing is by accident. Say it again, nothing is by accident. Say it again, nothing is by accident. Nothing catches God off guard. Nothing surprises God. Nothing. You might have a need right now, and you might think it's so big. God already knew about it. He knew about it 10,000 million, quadrillion years ago. He knew it from the dawn of eternity. And because he knew it, he already prepared provision for it. He's Jehovah-Jireh. He's the God that precedes and the God that proceeds. You know what proceed means? He provides it. Come on, you all know what proceeds are, right? A, a missionary or, or a church has proceeds? How do they get proceeds? Because you give money. God has proceeds. He's got it for you. It's already figured out. It's already figured out. It's already figured out. It's already figured out. All we gotta do is walk in it. We just have to walk in it. We just have to. You just have to. It's already figured out, it's already determined. Now, it's not automatic. Hello? Hello? See, this is where whole denominations have missed it. And they said, well, if I'm predestinated, then I'm either gonna go to heaven or ain't going to heaven. No, it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Whether or not you walk in the blessing is not up to God, it's up to you. His will and purpose is that you walk in it. But whether or not you do is up to you. That was a rhyme if you didn't catch it.